Hello, hello, and welcome back to another thrilling episode of Kent and the Steering Team. As always, you are joined by myself, Drew, my good mate, Phil, and our friend, Bianca. Welcome to the show. Hi. Unfor- hey. Oh, hi, Phil. Unfortunately, Kent can't be here this week. He's been busy running with scissors. Anyway, <laughs> on with the show. Um, yeah, how are we all? We're all good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Good, just coming off a couple of days of flu. Well, cold. Oh, yay, that's right. So, for those of you out there who <coughs> haven't witnessed us in our sickery, let's stick with that fake word. Yep. Um, yeah, it's been cold season. Yeah, I think it's a change in weather. Mm, I would agree. Cold to hot to cold. Uh, yeah, you know, it is we, what it we is. Just call it Katy Perry weather. <laughs> I like that. I'm not talking about the weather with fireworks. No, joking. Wrong Katy Perry song. High five, Philip. Okay, get out. So five. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, that sort of stuff. So feeling okay now? A little bit better? A little bit. Thank you, Codrill. Shout out to you. Yep. Um, we've got ourselves... Uh, let me just inform you that this episode might run a little bit shorter. Potentially, I'm actually not very good at maths. I think it actually might be just right. But um, we're, yeah. we're finishing on the clock today. It's a Wednesday night, of course. And we always record on Wednesday nights. Mostly. As we do, yes. Um, we're watching the clock because uh, we are going to see the crimes of Grindelwald. We are indeed. Sorry, Harry Potter and the Fantastic Beasts of the Crimes of Grindelwald. Although, um, if anyone on. I know is watching this, Rowling. I am not watching it tonight because I'm supposed to be watching it with my family on Sunday. But no one knows so that yet. I'm not here. Yeah, well, I mean, you're not, not you're, not necessar- you're not necessarily coming along. It's just that <laughs> where we are going. You want to put so, your foot in yeah. it there? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I just realised that. Well, you're not coming along. Well, I'm not now. Well, you weren't <laughs> ever coming along. That's the plan, right? Yes. That's why I'm winking at you. Um, yeah, uh, so here we are. So we have a couple of things to discuss today. We do indeed. With Bianca being our special guest, which is excellent. Um, great to have you on the show. Uh, we're going to follow up on the school's situation, Anglican school situation, because we were meant to go to the uh, P and T thing, parent, uh, P and F, yeah. uh, parent of friends, parent and carers, the, the parent thing, the night thing at the school, the, the rally. Open, the open night. Yes. Uh, then we're, we are going to, we're going to follow up on that. We're going to talk a little bit about World War Two. What is it good for? Well, everything. Yeah. Well, that's not the lyrics, but anyway. Well, it inspired okay. a wonderful film called Inglorious Bastards. It did, so. certainly. And if, if it wasn't for World War Two, we would not have the amazingness of Quentin Tarantino. That is accurate. And of course, <laughs> then we have to touch on something a little bit more somber. Well, World War is pretty somber, but uh, yeah, another a little somber uh, thing at the end that's going to make the... Uh, quite uh, for quite an interesting. I think I feel like um, my brain's got snot in it because it's not doing a great job of talking. Yeah. Um, it's not good. That's something I would say. That's not okay. <laughs> then we got to dis- no. Forget it. Look, the sick head of the week will be an interesting one at the end of the show because, of course, of events in the last week. But also, we have a guest. Da da. Who's going to win it? Bum 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 bum. We already know the answer. But uh, let's get to the schools first. <laughs> yeah, Josephine. Yeah. Rightio, so for those of you that were keenly listening for the last couple of weeks, I'm sure none of you were. <laughs> Sorry. Is it Easter already? How time flies. Maybe you are listening at Easter, we don't know. Anyway, tangents. Uh, so, the school. Anyway, <laughs> um, if you weren't tuning in to the previous episodes, my, um, my school, my beloved school, signed off on a letter from the Anglican Diocese of Sydney... Um, to reserve the right to exemptions from, what is it? The, the, the sex, discrimination, sex act. discrimination act or 
ridiculous thing. Um, they wanted to be able to um, make Hunt. sure that they could hire or fire or enroll or expel students that better suited the school's Christian ethos um, by means of sifting out anyone that fell under the LGBT community. Anyway, um, the, the school received a lot of um, very negative feedback, to put it nicely, and we were all gearing up to make the journey up to the Blue Mountains to mm-hmm. go to the school's PNF meeting to voice our concerns. However, the day before the PNF meeting, the school released a letter withdrawing their support. <laughs> I love that so much. I do too. What did the letter say? The, the letter basically said, we did nothing wrong by supporting it, but we see how you thought we did, so we're sorry that you feel that way, and as a result, we've taken our name off it. It's playing the uh, middle ground right on the fence. Ba- right it basically says that we thought we did the right thing, but you clearly don't think we did, so we're not going to do it. Which is... Look, it's a good thing that they folded, Yep, but... Their reasoning is crap. And also, too, oh, yeah. and also, yeah, absolutely, the reasoning's crap, but also too little, too late. Like, exactly. You've absolutely made it clear where you are, and you're only falling because people had a go at you before it. They've besmirched the <clears throat> reputation of the school. 100%. But did they say why? Because a lot of, so I was reading a lot of the statements, yeah. and a lot of the people came out and said, oh, no, no, we were signing it for other reasons. It wasn't that particular clause that we were interested in. But there was no other clause from what I could understand. There wasn't. It was literally about um, the the way the Anglican Church tried to spin it was that it was to um, to support a Christian ethos. Now that's but, that's but a the, relatively subjective thing to argue. It is, and and that's like what we discussed last week, where it is entirely subjective. But not mm. only that, though. But um, you, you to try and deem as something. As <laughs> we just had a door in the background, then it sounded hilarious. Super creaky. I need to put WD forty on it. Um, it to back on topic to to try and say something is for Christian or for Christian reasoning and wanting to be the Christian ethos mm. is kind of bullshit. If your intention is to discriminate against people. That's very unchristian to discriminate against people. And they, and they make that acknowledgement in their letter. But the letter, much like the first letter that the school issued, which was suspiciously similar to the letters other schools sent out, um, it, it they didn't want to take much ownership. They, they understood that they had to take a little bit of ownership this time, and they apologised and, and whatever, but it feels so hollow in, and... Yeah, I, unfortunately for them, apology is almost not good enough, really. I mean, they can't do anything about it. They've, it's just a bad situation for everyone. But it's yeah. a bit of a cop-out at this point, because they got so far into it, and then they're saying, you know, oh, we thought we were doing the right thing, but you don't mm. think we're doing the right thing, so I'm not going to do it. Exactly, and I, I think the thing that bugged me was that they... They tried to argue that, oh, we've never, we've never been discriminatory in any way. You know, we've always tried to uphold blah, blah, blah. And it's always been this wonderful place. And yet, as soon as this happened, so many ex-students came out of the woodwork going, mm. uh, actually, this happened and that happened and that happened over the last 30, 40 years of the school. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're doing well. 
Really, really being non-discriminatory. It's... I, I, but, I, I'm but lost for words. The thing is, as, as terrible as it sounds, is that they've come out and publicly said it. Oh, yeah. But there's a lot of Catholic schools who I know from the fact that I know a lot of teachers um, who... They... One of the... A teacher who I know who... Well, won't name. Um, has come out... Like, was saying to me, she can't live with her boyfriend... Or if she does, she can't let anyone at the school know about it. Because when she signed her uh, contract, and she works at a Catholic school, it, she said that she'd live by Catholic values, and other teachers and other people have been fired because living with another man, unmarried, like is against the Catholic values. And it's happened mm. before. So it's, so it's uh, the... Not Catholic Education Office, but almost... Um, the religious education yeah office. religious education schools are but are, it, it, I, again i get that they want to live by their virtues and their kind of rulings and what they're teaching is only like that cool but your place of education you can't well no place can discriminate against people but you know you know i'd, I'd completely forgotten that there was an incident and my mum reminded me of it that We'd had a teacher when we were in the primary part of the school. Mm-hmm. It was our PE teacher. And we never, you know, when you're 11 or 12, you don't even think about it. But she was a lesbian. We just, we never thought about it because it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. When you're a kid, it doesn't matter. Your teacher's your teacher. And I'd, I'd kind of heard rumblings over the over the years that she'd been driven out of the school. And mm. sure enough. She had? Yeah. It's yeah. just sad. I think, I think fortunately for us, our school that was in the inner west, as annoying and kind of crummy as it was... In a lot of ways. It, in a lot of ways. It did... It was fairly accepting. Can I, I just say, our teachers were probably more scandalous than us. Oh, well, 100%. They were, they were cheating on partners and having... Affairs. And, and affairs. And <laughs> oh, oh, With yeah. students. So, and, you know, and what about parents of students? I'm sure that would have... Probably. Well, we don't know about that. We haven't heard anything about that one, but we, we did Oh, have... of course, there were, were teachers and students, as you'd mentioned. Yeah, 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 teachers and students. And that particular teacher was also with other teachers. Yes. <laughs> yes. It sounds a lot like and then, some of the things oh, that happened with other school. teachers, which led to it coming friend. out. Which, yes. Oh, no. Because her husband found out. Um, yeah. yeah, but oh, other, like we had a lot of drama. And then we had teachers who left their partners for other teachers we yeah our catholic school was quite scandalous yes and which is why i think that if if the catholic education office was to release something like this i strongly think that it wouldn't stand i think that our school would have to just go "Mm, too hypocritical maybe not anymore because we now have i think there's a priest who's the principal of our old are you serious yeah he's is a father Sorry, Siri. She heard someone say Siri. No, I said serious. Dumb cow. Dead serious. But yeah, so I, I don't think that... I, it may swing now at our school, but I don't think it would have swung back in the day. I can't imagine that school having a priest there. Yeah, there's a priest, I'm pretty sure. That's hilarious. The schools change. My, my school's changed rapidly in the last eight or so years. Um, I don't know. We had our fair share of scandals. Back then, too, I, I can't imagine they would have signed that document then, but, you know, brave new world. Oh, yeah, oh, no. Dear. A lot of changes. A lot, a lot of, of changes. changes. A lot of changes. Um, 
<coughs> excuse me. The the yeah. Okay. So in the background, sitting quietly. Full disclosure. Not on not on a show. The intention. She she um she's again. We're going to the movies. Um, Svenja's in the background, sitting quietly, very nicely. She's our live studio audience. Hi, Hi Svenja. Hey. Um, <laughs> and so, as you might have heard, two aircraft, aircrafts, uh, aeroplanes, two aircrafts. Yes, that's the mini for the place on own. For the old place. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thro- throwing it out in the bin. We're sitting next to my bin as well. Anyway, yeah, Svenja's so sitting over there in the background, and the window was open, and you would have heard two aeroplanes taking off. So I asked her through message uh, if she could close my window. She very, very sweetly did that for me. Thank you. Sweetly. Thank you. She did very sweetly close the window. She could have just gone no. <laughs> or she could have slammed it. Yeah. She did it lovely. <laughs> could have gone any which way. Absolutely could have. Um, now, speaking of a German. Um, <laughs> no, 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 I'm joking. So we laughed about this before. Beautiful segue. We laughed about this beforehand. I didn't know Svenja was coming when I brought up World No, War I know. II. <laughs> No, but I brought up World War II, though, because, okay, so that this is... <laughs> you you knew she was coming! But this isn't why... Okay, Bianca and I had just gone to dinner, and we were talking about... Uh, I mentioned what I was watching on Netflix. What I happened to be watching on Netflix was a TV show, well, like a documentary called World War II in Colour, where they beautifully went back and recoloured everything, all black and white footage from World War II, as well as making the frame of it, frame rate of it a lot smoother to be able to run more. Just a lot of hand claps, like applause for those the people. Because that's, that's amazing what, to do. What's this one? Is this the one you're watching on Netflix? Mm. World War II in Colour. Okay. I've seen it on Netflix, but I haven't watched it. There's, so there's, there's another one that's coming out in cinemas right now yeah, from Peter Jackson. Exactly, which I can't wait for. I can't mm. wait for that. So I love that kind of... Um, again, I, I wasn't a big study of war or anything like that, but I love... I'm fascinated by listening to it. Um, and I'll happily listen to to things about war for as long as I can, as long as it's an interesting war, not like a political war like this one. What's not a political war? That's a stupid statement. Um, anyway, that's why they have debate teams in school. Yeah, cold wars are, nah. They're dull and boring. Yeah, but still interesting. There's still some fascinating th- fascinating things in there. Like, for mm. example, how close the you know World War Three was to going off because of someone accidentally pointing like a gun or like dragging a. A, a tank accidentally down the wrong street in um, to check, checkpoint Charlie. You think that he got fired? Get out. Um, that's and that's the end of Bianca. No. Um, yeah. So I was watching that documentary, which was fascinating, and then we started talking about World War Two in general, um, and then we started talking about an interesting kind of conspiracy theory on it. And conspiracy theories are stupid for a lot of parts because they are <laughs> they are because they, they often create unrest when unrest isn't needed, especially around situations and, and topics that don't need the pressure or the unrest around it or the uncertainty around it. Very true. Uh, 9-11 included. Um, yep. And, uh, but then Bianca told me a, a, a one that is, is a conspiracy, not one that we believe. It's not real. It's not real. It's not one we believe. Purely conspiracy. But nonetheless, she said, she explained it, and I agreed that it was an interesting conspiracy theory. Would you mind explaining it to me? And please take as long as you did with me, because it's fascinating and it's interesting. It's hard to get, uh, follow along. So, there is a theory, and again, not it's not actually real. It's the conspiracy theory that came about that there was a time in history just after well starting in world war one just after world war one when the jewish culture 
was gaining a lot of popularity and gaining a lot of wealth and money and land and ownership in Western countries such as America and the UK. They were also gaining a lot of money and all that in um, Europe because the way Jews distribute and hold their wealth within their religion, they've been doing that kind of like Scientology where they pull all their money together. but they Hoarding, yeah, but they distribute it amongst their community to Mm. thing. But that's how a lot of them gained their wealth and then they would help each other with investments and they would help each other with things. That's how it all happened. So this frightened theory is because like there was the Rockefellers and a lot of very well-off Jewish families, especially in America who were running the banks. Mm. This worried the the, the Western powers. And the theory was because at that time, Germany was prospering a bit and they had some... Uh, land and they had good connections with various other places. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the theory is that they, the Western countries, the UK and the uh, US, asked Germany to help them eradicate Jews. Mind you, mind you, this is because Hitler, who it's it is, I guess, a fact, was for the start of it fantastic for Germany. He was because he was. He, you know, built the Autobahn, he um, did fantastic things for medical science, he did fantastic things for engineering. By all accounts, Germany was prospering. Again, all the other countries in the world were dipping into the Great Depression, but (coughs) Germany seemed to carry on and keep pushing on, and they were doing amazing things. They were doing amazing things. They were. Now, the thing Under their their modern ruler. She she waved to us, we're we're okay. Spaniel. So the, the things that like point to this being like a real theory, and I'm using the bunny ear quotes as I'm on a podcast, so um, is that they had basically the, the 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 camps had started before World War Two, and they only came out with mm-hmm. the camps because I think it was a U.S. reporter w- heard rumblings about it, and then went and looked it up, and then like went into the country, did mm-hmm. some research saw the camps for herself, and it was a woman, I'm, like, I'm pretty certain about that, went back to the States and wrote about it. And suddenly, oh, and oh my God, Germany's yeah, doing that, oh. Global sympathy. And th- at this point, everyone, the, the, the theory goes that the Western powers thought, shit, we can swear on this, right? Yeah, yes. yeah cool. Shit that, you know, we've got to... <laughs> Um, distance ourselves distance from, ourselves from this yeah. situation oh germany how dare you excuse what are you doing oh my god and that the german allies were the ones who said because the other conspiracy theories that all of europe agreed to this like they were basically farming out mm-hmm. their jews towards germany and they the the like italy and spain spain and all that they were like, no, they're actually doing what we... Germany actually is doing what we asked them to, so they stayed with Germany. Then, what happened after that? Something about... Yeah, so then Hitler was... Oh, yeah, the other thing was that the Queen's uncle... Yeah. ...was a big fan of... With Hitler. Hitler. Good friends with Hitler. Good friends with Hitler. Taught the Queen, our Queen, currently Queen, how to do the Nazi salute. There are photos mm-hmm. of this. So that was a part of the theory and then that's why Hitler killed himself because he knew what was coming to him after he finished yeah after they all cornered him but what's what's interesting about it is that that again it is 
Hitler's rage and why the war kind of sparked off was because he was like, hey, hang on, wait, you're blaming, you're throwing me under the bus for this? You dis- yeah. You did that to me. You gave me that. You said for me to do it and I didn't want to do it, but you made me do it. So here we are. And now you're not defending me. You're looking at me and shaking your, you know, putting your hands on your hips and shaking your you're head. You're blaming me and you're using me as a scapegoat. Yeah. So, that- no, bring it on then. And he also had a lot of money and a lot of power, a lot more money than a lot of other European countries at the time. So he could afford the war. So he was like, yeah, well... You're going to pin it all on me. Come at, come for me. Come at me, bro. Yeah. And then after the war, to support the theory more, it was the UK and America and the European nations who had won who all agreed to send everyone back to their own countries, which was basically... But because the Jews didn't really have their own country... They gave them one. They gave them one, which was, at the time, Palestine. But the UK owned Palestine. Yes, and called it Terra Nullius, which was not Terra Nullius because people actually lived there. It's a bit like Australia. A little bit. And, yeah, so the whole theory is that everyone was in on it. Everyone wanted to eradicate the Jews, but then they pinned the blame on England. On Germany. On on Germany, sorry. (laughs) England pinned the blame on Germany. Yeah, pinned the blame on Germany, and that's what the war the war was. Mm. And I think that that's interesting. Obviously false. Obviously. Oh yeah, no, not really. Obviously, obviously, obviously false. I mean, obviously it was just the Germans. Obviously it was just Germany. (laughs) Obviously it was just Germany. Like just. There's a lot of nodding in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Just probably sarcastic rage for just like, ugh, you people are scum. Um, yeah, obviously it was just the Germans just being absolutely just volatile and really aggressive to the rest of the world. Poor rest of the world. No, I'm being silly. No, um, but look, it was, it was, uh, again, with the war and from what I've learned about it and what I, I feel sorry for the Germans because they, it wasn't them. Again, they had a leader that was doing, at the time, to start with, fantastic things for the country. And again, really turning it around. Um you know, had turned it into a, a country where you could be confident and proud of your country and you could be, you know, you could see the future and you could see that things were becoming wonderful and amazing. And then the power got to him or something happened and he just suddenly went off the rails. I feel like that happens when you get promoted from corporal to head of the German army. But again, and but no, it's interesting. So, I, so in the documentary last night, it said that he was, because I always thought, I thought Germany had the chancellor, just the leader of the, the government rather than yeah. a president or something like that. But then Germany's politics were at the situation where I think it was way too close to call and there wasn't really the ability to create um, a government out of it because it was all just a bit chaotic. So then suddenly, like some person above, above, you know, some person of power over the government, not over the country, but over the government, said, you know what, no, forget it. Hitler, you, you know what, you get the power. You just, you're not chancellor, you're the president. You can be the president. So he was the president of Germany which meant that he had supreme power and therefore did exactly what he wanted to do and it got to his head and he went crazy and he decided to eradicate the Jews and he went completely crazy. But the poor Germans who didn't know what was going on to start with were like, well, hang on, but our leader's doing fantastic things for us. What, what, like, of course you're going to support someone that's doing amazing things for us. He's, he's creating a future for us. And then you realise, oh, but then he's a total psychopath and then it's too late. You just get thrown in. As soon as you're German, you're German and you're a Nazi and you did the wrong thing and therefore you're to blame. And so now poor Germany's there. You know, 11, 11 mm. is not a day that they celebrate. No, they, they, they can, they can, you know, mourn the loss of their loved ones quietly on their own. 
not in public and it's not really advertised because what the hell are the, like how is it going to come across like what are we what are we um, you're remembering Nazis yeah are we mourning Nazis like no but it there were family members that were either conscripted or that were not a Nazi and were lost at war like but no you can't do that and it's yeah so it's a difficult difficult thing for Germany and I feel really sorry for them because it's not the Germans fault it's the leader's fault do you know that like because a lot of my family mm. grew up in Germany like on my mom's side mm. um were telling me about the, what they learn about World War Two, and Spen is here, so she could probably admit, say if this is right or wrong or not. But is that you know it was our fault and we should feel guilty about it? That's what my cousins were telling me. Well, that's what the world kind of paints it as, and and like so when Germany, I remember in Berlin when I was there last year, and they had the um, the Jewish memorial there. And no one really knows what the hell is it supposed to be because this is a bunch of bricks stacked on top of each other kind of thing or like blocks stacked around. But, you know, they they don't know how to feel about it all. They don't know whether they can put up big things about it all and never advertise. Look at this, look at this. We're, we're saying, you know, we're, we're, we're here we are. Yep, yeah, stuff ourselves. What did we do? <laughs> we're horrible, right, guys? Like, they can't really do it that. It would be very awkward. Yeah, and so... And what's most interesting is when I went on a walking tour in Berlin and uh, when you walk... They take you through this car park, run-of-the-mill car park. Cars parked in there, a couple of apartment buildings around it. They say, what's significant about this apart- this car park? And you say, I don't know, the car's parked in there. What are, we, are we looking at something around here? And they say, nope, it's what's below us under this car park. That's where Hitler's bunker was, here, under this car park. It is of That's such... creepy. Which I think, I th- it's interesting because it's, it's a fascinating thing. It's fascinating, not fantastic, fascinating what it, what it is and what, what it represents. But obviously they can't make it a memorial or something. They can't make it a war memorial, not for Hitler, but for the war. And this is where the war kind of ended because then they'll have Nazis from all over the world coming there and flying there and almost, you know, mourning and worshipping the place. They can't do that. So they literally just conquered it up and put a car park over it. That's it. Actually, speaking of like... 11 11 mm-hmm. end of world war Two. nazis weird political powers all mm. of this combined did you guys see the donald trump thing how he didn't rock up who no. how he didn't rock up no. to the 11 11 because it was raising raining so he chose not to show up and then they someone was talking about I mean, how like can't get the wig wet <laughs> it would disintegrate but like but like they were talking about how just how... glue sliding down his face <laughs> oh. and the tan lines just creeping down his neck oh. it's okay if any photo gets out it'll be fake news yeah well like or yeah, he he chose not to to show up and yet you know the soldiers that were in the war conscription or not just in the war were in worse trenches and worse rain and died in that weather and they you know, died lived in, that in that weather so he would not have to go out in it yeah what the hell but did you also say today that they had a photo of prince harry who was at a 11 11 thing in london and it was pouring down rain. Like, you can't... You could barely see him through the photo. It was raining so hard. And he was standing there without an umbrella. That's cool. So well, his, that came out on the same day. And it was just quite... Yeah. He's probably got a head cold like ours now. Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, My go. grandmother is uh, celebrated 100 years, her 100th birthday. Uh, not with us for 24 years, I think. But, uh, yeah, she celebrated her 100th birthday on 11-11. What a day to be born. The day the war ends. The happiness happening outside and the agony happening. <laughs> Wonderful juxtaposition there. Yes. Um, new life, new day. 
Yeah, true. Yeah, it's quite reborn. Poetic. The world reborn. But what I also didn't know, just based uh, touching on World War Two one more time, is I didn't realize how long it went for afterwards. How long, you know, once the war ended, how long the kind of pain lasted for after the war, because the fact that Berlin was <clears throat> surrounded by um, East Germany, and then half of Berlin was West Germany and half of it was Eastern Germany, and how Germany had two passports, and how Germany was kind of just like total disarray again. It's like it's like it's it's like evil parents had died and suddenly all these people like we're going to be the foster parents and so you know mm. the um soviet union was like ah we can do this we'll look after we'll look after it for you it's okay and you know the uk were like ah no way it was uk and france were both like no 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 we'll show you what to do we'll look after it and then the us was like no we can do it and so everyone just had a hand in there and, you know there's there's a great image of a map of um germany where it's just segments of it segmented out to all the different countries around it just being like nah we'll have some we'll have some we'll look after it and it's like what are you doing to it like leave it alone and so they were just kind of in disarray for such a long time but despite that the fact that they're now one of the richest powers in europe it's quite impressive Mm. when you think about it from where like what happened in the last 100 years who was it that told me why the berlin wall fell down Someone told me that the Berlin Wall fell down because of an accident. <clears throat> Where I thought they pulled the wall down. No, they, no, they, no, they they did. But the I can't remember who told me. But but what it was was that they were having someone was having a press conference. I might make this may have been a dream, by the way. Um, <laughs> they were having someone was they were going to be having a press conference. Where someone had rocked up and didn't really know. They were like a, a leader, but they didn't really know the answers. They were just kind of waiting for what was going on. And it's like the guy who just went up on stage and started sign like, signing at Mandela's funeral. Okay, we need, <laughs> to to that. we need to get to that in a moment. But yeah, they, they had the answers, but not all the answers. And they kind of knew what was going on. And then uh, someone asked him, you know, because the, the unrest was happening. And it was kind of talking about when's it going to come down? What's going to happen? Blah, 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 blah. And then finally, someone went, so when's the wall going to come down? And then the person was like flicking through the notes, but hadn't really read the whole thing and went, uh, uh, like immediately. It's just like, yeah, it's going to happen like quite now. quite a dream, isn't it? I yeah. don't know if this is a dream or not, but anyway, they were like, uh, this is going to happen. Dream. This is going to happen. Um, there was a whole flicking of the notes that no one ever saw, no one saw, but yeah. uh, this is going to happen now. It's going yeah, to happen. <laughs> And then, and then they said, when, like, when, how, now, like, how soon's now? Like, and they're like, they saw the end of a line that said, like, something about tonight, not about the wall, but something was happening tonight. Like, there's meant to be a rally tonight. And they went, uh, tonight. And then it got broadcast. And so then people started going up to the wall and ripping pieces down. And then they're like, okay, well, yeah, you're doing it. Knock it down. And it got knocked down. And then there's that famous scene of it being torn down by, like, the bulldozer or whatever. I feel like... Mm. (laughs) I feel Mind like you, that might have been a dream. I've remembered. I I've remembered. <laughs> I've remembered every single one of my dreams for this last week, which I've not remembered dreams for about four or five years. How many I've times were any of us in these dreams? Never. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> but there was a great yeah. dream. But there was a great dream about a lion. It's a great dream about a lion that was really cool. I'd love to make it into a movie. It was Does a lion that. Simba? You, no, it was an evil lion. It's a mix between the lion from Jumanji and the lion from Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe, where it was like evil sounding but could talk English but it had the same voice as Smog from um, The Hobbit Cumberbatch yeah it had the, the evil sounding voice instead of Liam Neeson yeah, it oh, had an evil Liam voice Neeson. I know Liam Neeson but he yeah. is Aslan like. but yeah no but it's an evil it was an evil lion okay. 
And it was going through a school. But Aslan's not evil, he's God. It wasn't <laughs> Aslan, you <laughs> dingleberry. It was a mix of lines. Anyway, and it was evil, and it kept trying to, like, okay. kill students and stuff, and it was violent and Is gross. Is that the moment where it looked like the one from Jumanji? Yeah, we, and we didn't remember. Jumanji it, is actually terrifying. You know when it does that roar, that 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 growl, or like that low, like crumble uh, as it's stepping down. Yeah, as it's stepping yeah, down the the, yeah, um, the one that, the sound my tummy makes. Yeah, yeah, it's making that sound, and then it, um, yeah, it was oh. really violent, and then it tried to talk to us to let us to get us to open the doors for it. Who's the us? There's a whole bunch of people in this room. Who are the other people? One of them was the guy from I can't remember his name, but the guy that's in Peter Jackson's King Kong, the one that's after, trying it's to help Anne all the time. You know? The young guy? The, the, no, the, the type of the author. Oh, Adrian Brody? Yeah. yeah. I love Adrian Brody. He was in it. And, his, and we were trying to talk to so this thing. so awesome. Yeah, so we were trying to talk to the thing and tell it to like, go, go, go over there. <laughs> but it was just like, no, I you should him by my side. Yeah. Why did you flick him? I, him seen, I didn't. I think his brother's Bloom. No, I've heard he's brilliant in it. He that's, is amazing. It's Ryan in Johnson that. before Star Wars. It's Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo, and I love that. But that's the movie I fell in love with Mark Ruff- Ruffalo. Like, just, he can do no wrong after that movie. What do you mean someone got up and signed during the Mandela? Oh, <laughs> so, I'm pretty Tangents. sure. I'm 100% sure it's Mandela's funeral. So they had, you know how, like, you at public things they have like mm-hmm. as, as like sign yeah. language people so that yeah. it's hearing accessible yeah um hearing accessible disability accessible yep. i don't know the word i'm looking for but anyway um they had <laughs> this guy yes jumped up onto the stage and started signing um or everyone in the immediate area who never knew like had never learnt sign language, assumed he was signing, but he actually had no idea what he was doing. He, he snuck in um, and just signed and just did like an interpretive dance kind of thing of what... And the, the more you watch it, the more you realise he actually has no idea what he's doing. Everyone at home, like all the deaf people of the nation, were like, what is he saying? No one could understand. Is there a video him. of this? Somewhere? There is a video of this. All right. Well, we'll need to share it on the page this week. Yes, you will have to. But it's basically an interpretive dance, and he had no idea what he was doing. And then he got—I think he got thrown into jail or something. Like, oh, or he got geez. fined super bad. He just snuck into Mandela's funeral, and yeah, I think the saddest part was of this is that they actually didn't have a sign language guy. This guy just stood up because he realized that there was none, and was like, "I will help the deaf people." And didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure he helped. <laughs> yeah, in one form or another. <laughs> I, he probably lifted the mood, at least for the deaf community. Let's just imagine that Mandela was looking down from the heavens, thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, just some yep. dude standing there. But yeah, I thought you guys knew that. I thought I've told you this no. before. Maybe I told Carmen. Maybe. Yeah, but I'm doing some. I love quick... that him and Carmen are interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. They live on the same street, so it's fine. I, I'm also... I'm, what I'm reading about Berlin Wall coming down is, in fact, a fact. That it was by accident. That oh, was it? That doesn't mean you didn't dream it. Well, I didn't... No, someone <laughs> told me this. I remember that someone told me this. It might have been Sophia, but I can't remember who... I can't remember. Maybe it was Sophia. I don't know. But it was an accident. Um, that makes it so much better, though. 
that it came out down by accident. Yeah, it's hilarious. It's brilliant. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, speaking of World War Two and Germany's fantastic... Um, uh, edu- uh, not edu- Careful where you go with this. <laughs> no. I'm trying to build a segue here, okay? Back me up here. Okay. Um, Germany's fantastic engineering, um, which, of course, in the Marvel world, we saw as... Uh, Hugo weaving with the red skull. Yes. And it was weird. I don't know who that was. Um, Marvel. Marvel. Big news out of Marvel world. It makes me cry. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Stan Lee, 95, passed away. Excelsior. Excelsior. Um, what a life he led. What a, what a world he gave us. The help to War veteran us. himself. War vet himself. Um, yeah, yeah. All those animals in war. All that. Yeah, no, he was. It was. It was terrible. Yeah. I mean, he was ninety-five. He had a good innings. It wasn't, you know, how most celebs die nowadays, which is tragically, sure. in a hotel room somewhere. Mm. Um, or on an airplane. Uh, <laughs> oh. No, I mean that in genuine. I know. You guys laughing make me look like I'm the weird, the the, the asshole that made a joke out of that. I wasn't joking. True, but is it worse when you're not true? No. Well, when we laugh, yes. Yeah. Um, again, the fact that he was up until the the end of his days making cameos in films is fantastic. Shows that he was active until the end, which is probably the best way to go. The fact that he wasn't kind of this poor well, he old was man also not still doing much. Comics. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not this poor old man kind of just stuck doing nothing with his and life. He, and just... He didn't stop. He kept going to conventions. He kept writing. Yeah. He kept making his infamous cameos. He, mm. Him and his daughter were working on a character just before he died, which she kind of invented. She's like, Dad, I want to do something. I want to do a guy who's just not shiny or cool or anything. He's going to be called Dirt Man. And then they fleshed out a story. That was what we were reading the article today. But... Okay, so I don't quite understand how he was doing this with his daughter when apparently he had nothing to do with his daughter anymore after she tried to steal his fortune or whatever. Like, well, oh, I mean, this is, that's this is a sideswipe for me. I is, didn't know that. This is part of the whole controversy of the last 12 months where since his wife died, he'd, um, he'd been trying to protect his fortune because apparently his daughter, who had fallen upon hard times had gotten together with his management team and were trying to siphon his money away. So I don't... Well, I know... There's there's so many different stories out there, but... I heard vaguely that his management team... Or no, that his lawyers were trying to sue his carers. Yeah, but one of his carers is his daughter. Because they were saying that... Yeah, they were saying that they're overworking him for... Like, he wasn't well. Yeah... I heard about that, that, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, I hate it because he's, he's, seems like such a lovely guy. He's had a, like, he had a rather distressing 12 months from the time when his wife died through to his passing now. But that happens a lot. Yeah. Makes it tough. It does. It would make it tough. I'd actually clean forgotten, I saw this little video montage of him and I'd clean forgotten that his wife actually did one of the cameos with him and I think it was for the first Avengers movie. Oh, really? really? Yeah. I gotta go right back and watch all of them. I've been meaning to all of this week, but I just wanna do it and be dedicated to it. Hmm. But no, it um would be good. Yeah, no, but, I just I think he's really cool because despite the fact that everyone knows it him for inventing characters like 
Spider-Man and Hulk and Captain Plus America. Like, well, no, he didn't four. invent Captain America. The Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. He did invent Captain America's um, famous shield rebound trick. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was 17. That was the first mm-hmm. comic book he re- worked on. That's fantastic. What was it before called before Marvel? Uh, uh, action comics or no, no that was, was Superman it was yeah there's something else there's another name for it Ultimate I don't know but he did and he did fantastic things so but no he invented heaps of awesome female characters mm. and like minority characters that no one gets at all Luke Cage is Captain, was Captain how long has Captain Marvel been around for ooh decades because it's interesting 60s. that there's a yeah. there's there, there is there that female lead that Did he created the Wasp? The Wasp? Yeah. Jean Grey? Of course. Um, Gwen Stacy and Marv- and Mary Jane Watson? Yep. yep. There's, a, oh, there's a couple of others. What? Well, Mary Jane was around long before um, Stan Lee came along. <laughs> <laughs> Just wow. different ways of being able to smoke Mary Jane. Yes. Oh, you mean the character? Character. Oh, my, my mistake. Sorry. What I love about his creations was that his characters were all flawed, and that's what yeah. makes them relatable. But he invented that. Yeah. So. He did. It's like, just we wouldn't have the Batman we have today. No. If it wasn't for Stan Lee. And DC are pretty open about that. Because <laughs> Kirby went and worked on Batman and mm. used Stan Lee's flaws. Although concept. that's a bit disputed of who invented the flaws, whether it was Kirby or... I don't know who Stanley. But uh, no, Stanley. Stanley's cool. Yeah. His name is Stanley, but in two names. <laughs> <sighs> but, we, but yeah, like this, we yeah, acknowledge okay. this, right? Yeah, no, I agree. All right, may he rest in peace. May he rest Stan in peace. Stanley. Anyway, if you do want to be on the show, much like our friend Bianca and even our wonderful audience member who normally partakes, um, it's okay that you're not. It's cool. We, su- we support your life decision. Yeah. Or like my sister. Or like James. Or like Victor. Uh, on the show. Feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page. Directly on our individual Facebook posts. Or even uh, in real life. I felt like we were just waving a verbal rainbow flag then. Okay. It kind of felt like that. No. Or do what I did. In which Philip asked me months ago, do you want to be on the show? And then I got sick of it. What, the show? Or no, no. He, he was going, do you want to come and, to do you want to be on the show? Yeah. And then I was like, okay, fine, I'll come on Wednesday night. And he didn't believe me. Yeah, I doubted you for a second. You just wanted to prove him wrong. I did. That's excellent. But it's fun, it isn't it? was purely out of spite. Whatever your reason for coming on our show is, come on our show. Look, Sophia even said that she said she, she was nervous beforehand, but it was really easy. Because you're literally just having a conversation. But, mm. but it's exciting because you know that you have to keep the conversation going. You know that you have to keep it up and... Um, have it go somewhere it, it's interesting it's good fun like I quite enjoy the concept um, but yeah we'd love to have you on the show of course if you're on the show you'd go you know the very good shot especially if it's your first episode of winning a prestigious award uh, this week is made difficult by the fact that there is such a fantastic um, you know um, individual that's no longer with us now <laughs> but <laughs> I was going to say but I mean, I guess because the rules are rules. I guess you they, better be happy. I have a workaround for that. Yeah, I do discuss have, off air. Have a duel. Well, no, I was going to no. say you can give me sick Kent of the week. Oh, we're not talking about you. No, Svenja. No. <laughs> 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 
say I was going to gift it to Stanley because I'd, I'd prefer him to have it. Well, no, well, it doesn't he, work that he, way. he will get it in due course, but yes. there is there is a more suitable time, I believe, for that honour to go to him. But for today, it is you. Congratulations, Bianca. You are Woo! the sick Kent of the week. Thank you, guys. <gasps> oh, my God. She's yeah. acting surprised. Yeah, I'm well so done. surprised. I'd um, like to thank the Academy. Yeah. Drew and Phil for getting me through this. Well, you'll notice that this episode is uh, roughly five, six minutes shorter than normal. That's totally okay. We have no problem with that. Especially since we had the bumper episode last week. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Of course. I forgot about that. Um, And also, we never intended for the episode to be a certain length. It's just they always end up being somewhat the same. Um, I like it. We've had a concise episode. Absolutely. Indeed. And uh, now we're going to depart and go off and see a movie. Bianca, you're going to head on home. and uh, Yeah, going home. Yeah. And uh, you won't be joining us um, at the movie sitting in, what, seat number E3? No, you're not going to be there no, in that seat because you're not going along. Um, thank you very much for listening, Mr. Drew. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Kent and the Steering Team. Yeah. Yep. Yep.